Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is series three, episode 59 of this daily study podcast. Thank you once again for joining us as we continue our study for February the 22nd to February the 28th, covering Doctrine and Covenants sections 18 to 19. And we'll continue with section 18 today. I I do want to try and get through the rest of this section today uh, because we then have uh, three more days for section 19 as well, which is just as lengthy and just as wonderful. Uh, But we'll see. And as always, we're not going to cover every single verse or concept. And so I strongly encourage you to continue with your own studies and supplement them with with what we uh, discuss in this uh, podcast. So yesterday we began began talking about how one soul being brought into the kingdom of God would bring us great joy. Uh, And that just again, I mean, I didn't really get to cover this yesterday, but it just highlights to me just how much our Heavenly Father loves us. I suppose I did cover that really. That we'd have so much joy if there was simply one person. And don't forget, we often talk about how that one person may, in fact, just be ourselves. Uh, and so that's a wonderful concept to think about. In verse 18, it says, Ask the Father in my name in faith, believing that you shall receive, and you shall have the Holy Ghost, which manifesteth all things which are expedient unto the children of men. Notice here the word, the, the phrase, which are expedient. Uh, we're not going to get a confirming yes answer every single time we pray for something in the with the power of the holy ghost we have talked about uh in the revelation to oliver cowdery that the lord said every time he prays the lord will answer but of course that answer will not always be a confirming yes um neil a maxwell said this quote god cannot brothers and sisters respond affirmatively to all of our petitions with a broken chain of yeses This would assume that all of our petitions are for that which is right and are spiritually expedient. No petitioner is so wise. Paul even acknowledged that we sometimes know not what we should pray for as we ought. Close quote. None of us are perfectly in tune with the Spirit. You know, we have desires and many of them may well be righteous, but at times we will not understand the plan that God has for us. And we may ask for things which are not in his plan for us uh, and which are not expedient. And that is the great journey of prayer, really, through this life. Prayer, you know, I I refer to this often in the Bible dictionary that it talks about, and I'm going to paraphrase it, that prayer is the that is not a wish list to our Heavenly Father that he may or may not grant. Prayer is an aligning of our will to his. Uh, And so that is something we need to remember when we do say our prayers. Um. In verse 23, we are reminded of the importance of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. It says, Behold, Jesus Christ is the name which is given of the Father, and there is none other name given whereby man can be saved. Um, We know this is a really important concept, uh, which, of course, we need to understand. And particularly as um, Oliver Cowdery and David Whitmer are being invited to search out the Twelve, that is something they will need to keep in mind. Further, in verse 24, it says, Wherefore, all men must take upon them the name which is given of the Father, for in that name they shall be called at the last day. When we take upon ourselves or state that we are willing to take upon ourselves the name of Christ at the sacrament table after we have been baptised, this is not a trivial um, action that we are doing. This is a really important um, act that we are partaking in. And as such, the, the ordinance of the sacraments, as we've spoken about many times, must be taken as a very important moment in our week. Um, William R. Bradford said this, quote, 
By what name are you called? Do the things which you think and do entitle you to bear the name of Jesus Christ. Does the love for your, that holy name inspire and lift you to lofty heights and cause desires within you to want all the world to know of him and receive for themselves his sacred name? Do you feel a sharp pain as if a dagger had pierced your heart when you hear the name of the Son of God taken in vain? Do you ever walk through doors where he would never enter? Have you kept his name unsullied and spotless, so that because of you it has not been allowed to come in contact with that which is base and unbefitting? In his name are you builders of his kingdom. No man can serve two masters. Men must either declare themselves as Christ's servants, take upon themselves his name, and do his work, or fall victim to the enticing trap of Satan, helping him in his work of destruction. Close quote. I think that's some very powerful words there by... Um, uh, Brother Bradford, that you need to recognise that what we, we do and what we say are then involved with the name of Christ because we have taken upon ourselves that covenant to be willing to take upon us the name of Christ. And so if we go and do something which is not in harmony with his will, we're doing it kind of in his name, which is something we should not and ought not to be attempting to do. Um, and I think that's a timely and good reminder of the importance of whose name we carry with us. We're not missionaries with the name literally on our on our front shirt, but we are members of his church. And as such, we carry that name with us, or we should be willing to carry that name with us. Of course, there may be times that we lose that, um, that power and that um, opportunity to carry his name when we make those mistakes. But that is what repentance is for. And we can come back and, and receive that name again. Um in verse 27, it says, Yea, even twelve, and the twelve shall be my disciples, and they shall take upon them that my name, and the twelve are they who shall desire to take upon them my name with full purpose of heart. So we're learning about, you know, what it means to take upon us the name of Christ. Well, these twelve disciples that Oliver and David are being invited to go find, they are twelve people who ought to have full desire to have that name of Christ with them at all times. Uh, President Alan H. Oakes said this, quote, consistent with these references, many scriptures that refer to the name of Jesus Christ are obviously re references to the authority of the Saviour. This was surely the meaning conveyed when the 70 reported to Jesus that even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. The Doctrine and Covenants employs this same meaning when it describes the 12 apostles of this dispensation. The twelve are later designated as special witnesses of the name of Christ in all the world, and as those who officiate in the name of the Lord under the direction of the presidency of the church. Close quote. Just to refer back to the twelve that are being called, and these are the characteristics that are being laid out. Um, and there's many, many other things in twenty nine and uh, twenty eight and twenty nine uh, that are said about the twelve um, and what character of people they ought to be. Let's remember that you know we have. A blessing uh, to have a quorum of the twelve apostles in our lives today, um, who do who do fulfil these things. But remember that this was just the beginning of that that process, and as with the priesthood, these things were restored line by line, precept upon precept, or line upon line, precept upon precept, I should say. And and we mentioned that the twelve were not called until eighteen thirty five. And even then, their role was not the same that we see as the role of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles today. Uh, and that is because that the church has developed and changed over time. Does that mean that what was restored at the time when Joseph Smith received this revelation in 1829 for Oliver and David, or when they were called in 1835, does that mean that was wrong? Well, of course not. The church has to change with the circumstances and context around it. 
It is a global church now, and as such, the uh, practices that the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles did in 1835 will look very, very different uh, to what the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles do now. Some of them will be similar, but there are great differences, I'm sure. It's like, for example, when temple recommends were given, they had to be signed by the presence of the church to begin with, because that was a something that was possible when they first or when they first began. Uh, but of course, um, that has changed over time because, and naturally, the, the, the church has shifted as a global church. As we continue uh, through this section, the Lord then speaks to the twelve Himself. Uh, he says, and now I speak unto you, the twelve. Behold, my grace is sufficient for you. You must walk uprightly before me and sin not. Um, and the Lord continues with um, further instructions. Um, for example, in verse 35, he says to them, For it is my voice which speaketh them unto you. For they are given by my spirit unto you, and by my power you can read them one to another. And save it were by my power, you could not have them. So we know that we receive the words of the Lord to speak to others through communication with him, through prayer. Um, and the scriptures are an important part of that as well. Elder Richard G. Scott said this, quote, We talk to God through prayer. He most often communicates back to us through his written word. To know that the voice of the divine sounds, to know what the voice of the, of the divine sounds and feels like, read his words, study his scriptures and ponder them, make them an integral part of everyday life. If you want your children to recognize, understand and act on the promptings of the Spirit, you must study the scriptures with them. Don't yield to Satan's lie that you don't have the time to study the scriptures. Choose to take time to study them. Feasting on the word of Christ, of God each day is more important than sleep, school, work, television shows, video games or social media. You may need to re reorganize your priorities to provide time for the study of the word of God. If so, do it. Close quote. I remember that statement being given by Elder Scott, um, and it was a number of years ago, of course, now. Uh, but I do still remember that he said it was more important than sleep and then listed off all the normal other things that we would normally um, view as not as important as scripture study, such as television and video games, social media and so on. But he also said sleep. And I was like, wow, I mean, that's, in, that's an incredible statement. But, you know, it shows just how important the scriptures are to our daily lives and why we need to study them as a family and individually as well. Uh, that leaves us, that's it there really for us. Uh, thank you very much for listening uh, to this episode today. Please do share the podcast and subscribe to it if you haven't already. You can also um, join the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me, and email ldsstudysession at gmail.com if you want to share what you've been studying, or let me know if you wish to join me on a future episode through Zoom. Thank you for your time, and until we meet again. <laughs>